to Entertainment Landfill. Film, television, pop culture. It's where you find it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special, um, what would you call it, just seen it episode of Entertainment Landfill. Steven and I have just seen Batman versus Superman Dawn the of Justice, show. like fresh out of the theater. <laughs> when did we exit the theater? 20 minutes 20 ago? 20 minutes, maybe. 20? Yeah, probably. 25? Nah, 15 minutes ago? That's maybe. pretty quick. Yeah, pretty quick, yeah. Um, both had to urinate badly afterwards. Yes. I decided to hold it. I'm like, I can make, make it, it home. home. <laughs> you know? I couldn't make it home. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, ah, I gotta do it. You know, it's like when we you come to the door and it's like, I'm not going to make it. Like mentally, I'm trying to stay strong. But uh, luckily I did. I hope you had a hell of a piss, Arnold. I did. <laughs> yes, I did. It Thank awesome. goodness. Um, but so I'm not Arnold. This, yeah, who the hell's Arnold? He was in there. I felt like Arnold. He was the guy in the restroom you heard going, "Oh." Because <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, we just saw a movie that's two hours and thirty minutes long. There were like five or six people in front of me. They were. There were a couple of little kids doing, doing, doing a little, little dance. Yeah, yeah, the doing little kids. Yeah. Ah, you gotta go over there. <laughs> Uh, so we saw a two hour and 30 minute, uh, Batman Superman movie, um, all week, all I've read is bad stuff, like negative things. And luckily Adam Sexton posted his thoughts on it this morning and he was more or less hyperbolic or not even hyperbolic at all. Uh, and he just kind of gave his thoughts, which is good. We don't need to. Okay, first of all, I will say this about the film, if we just get right into it, is that uh, my first thoughts weren't that, um, <laughs> hopefully we're not picking up baby, my first thoughts were not, oh my god, this is horrible. I never thought that. No. Uh, I enjoyed it, and if anything, I would say the movie, um, when it gets right up to the big fight... Right. I didn't feel uneasy in my chair or like, God, can we speed this up? What's right, going on? Right, right. I wasn't like impatient or anything. I was following it. Um, probably, here's the funny thing that I actually thought to myself, and I've said it before on the show, and it is, how many times do we have to see... Batman's parents' death. <laughs> yeah, Batman's or parents. Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's parents get killed in a movie. Apparently, it's... 
every time, time. every single time. Flashback. They do it over and over again. Even the show Gotham, you know, they had to show it. We've seen it. I remember it was so funny in, uh, what was it, the third Batman, the one Joel Schumacher did? Not the the one where they first introduced Robin, Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever. He's even remembering back to when his parents I was like, dude, we, did we cover this? Is this like the third Do movie? What? Need? We, we Everybody knows, right? Yeah, well, 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 how, why are we getting back into this? I, I don't understand. There was, there was a few things that were, uh, I say, common knowledge Yeah, that but, didn't need to be... I will give Zack Snyder this. He used it as an opening, uh, open credits situation where the credits are playing and it's stylistic replay of his his parents getting killed. At least it was stylish. That's one thing I will say about this film. Uh, you know, if people want to uh, compare Marvel to DC, Marvel movies are great and entertaining, but... Uh, Cinematography-wise, this film looked great, I thought. Yes. It looked... uh, The photography was beautiful. Is it long? Yes, it's long. I would say the ending coda, that was when I was like, I'm getting tired. (laughs) (laughs) And like I told you that... um, I don't think my my eyes, I said human eyes, but I'll just chalk it up to me, that are meant to watch 3D for longer than two hours because my f- eyes started feeling strained, you know? And thank God I asked Adam Sexton before we saw it, like, dude, is there anything after the credits? Because if there's not, I'm going to get out of there. You know, <laughs> after that long movie, I got to go. And he was like, no, there's nothing. And I was like, all right, <laughs> we don't have to wait around for this. And you saw people doing it, too. Yeah, they were all waiting to say, this oh, isn't a Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, this isn't Marvel, bitch. This is DC, man. DC doesn't tease you. But what's interesting <laughs> about the film is, you know, it's totally post-Man of Steel. Remember Metropolis right. gets decimated fighting Zod. The friggin' Kryptonians, like, had that... You know, earth changing machine yes. or whatever, just decimated everything. People died. It's kind of like a post 9 11 type of world, you know. Um, you even see a guy lose, got, lost his legs and he's angry. People are upset right. and traumatized. And, and some people. They want to blame. Yeah. Some people like Bruce Wayne blame Superman. He's, a, he's dangerous to have around because this guy could kill us at any time. So. Um, or he could flip on a switch and kill. Right. Being, he, he doesn't. He doesn't he, think. He thinks like he right. could turn into a Zod. Right now he's nice and. Yeah. Right you know. now he is, but anything could turn this guy. And what's interesting about the film also is that um, Bruce Wayne has these visions, these apocalyptic visions or something, and. But it was only after I, I don't know how much do we are we spoiling anything or I don't, not or, necessarily or um, just kind of generally talking about it, but um, because it's all set up by Lex, right? Either. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do he's think, pulling the strings for everything. So we'll, the apocalyptic vision is that something encoded in the thumb, you know, the the file he de- downloaded. Do I don't think know. That, like a hypnosis, like a a. Uh, I don't. That's what subliminal. I wonder. That that part's kind of weird because Batman, as far as I know, doesn't have precognitive abilities. Right. <laughs> that's why I was thinking it was. Well, it's it, he talks about a dream he had when he was a little boy, uh, and then uh, Lex Luthor is turning Batman against Superman, and we right. find out that he has files on other meta humans. 
And he also, let me just go ahead and say this, because I don't know if it's a big spoiler or not, is it? He knows that Superman is Clark Kent, and he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne, right? Right. Um, and also we get some Wonder Woman in here, and he has a file on her, too. And that's why she's around, because she doesn't want anyone knowing her secret. Right. And uh, I thought she was good in the movie. I mean, she's barely in it. But from what she is, I thought, I was like, oh, this is cool. I get to see Wonder Woman in a movie. I thought that was exciting. There's... They the show one- two, I'm not going to say who, but they show, what, three other metas? Yeah, yeah. They show The Flash and Aquaman and Cyborg. Okay. Might as well just say it. <laughs> I, I was going to say... Spoilerific. Spoilerific. Well, I'll put a thing on the beginning of this so okay. that it's spoilerific. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they're teasing that. And I've read all sorts of... You know, I've read enough bad things about the film that I was like, all right, I want to see what they don't like about it. I didn't even worry about spoilers or whatever. And I didn't really get any. I kind of skipped over details, but they would just say stuff that didn't make sense. And if anything I'll say about the film, it it held my interest, and I was uh, into it. Uh, um, if anything, there's this weird, surreal, dreamlike quality to the whole movie. It's Do you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know how to explain it, but it's... I you know what I'm gonna go ahead and blame Hans Zimmer because his music is so bizarre in the movie. <laughs> Don't you think it is? I mean, sure we hear uh, we hear stuff from Man of Steel that kind of dun dun, but and you know uh, Junkie XL helped him out with this. I can't stand whoever this person is because of his name. Junkie XL. <laughs> Maybe it's his fault for the dreamlike quality. Yeah, he's a junkie, man. He's like got some kind of. Their music is so bizarre and surreal that I almost think it gives the movie this dreamlike quality to it. And I could follow the plot. I've read some people like you don't understand what's happening one moment to the next. I didn't get that at all. I knew right away that there were some guys. You know, it starts out with Lois in the desert. Uh, trying to talk to this known terrorist guy, right? Right. And there's these other dudes there. But it turns out that they kill all the terrorists, and then Superman shows up to save her, and they try to blame all the deaths on Superman. Which... I don't know about you, but I can pretty much figure out right away that uh, Lex Luthor a... had something about yeah. Um, what? Well, what... you say Lex Luthor... Well, yeah, okay. Knowing that Lex Luthor's in the movie, yeah, you would kind of figure that out, that it's it's a setup. Yeah, I did, yeah, eventually. He's kind of, um, he seems like a braggy, spoiled, rotten kid kind of thing. Yeah. Who just wants to see the world burn, like the Joker or something. He doesn't like the idea of this god. He wants to break Superman down, you know? And... I'm guessing there there might be some message here about privacy or something. Uh, Lex Luthor has files on everyone, and he knows their secrets. Maybe that's like the government, and you know how they spy on people. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Am I reading Maybe a little it's too a much? Reaching, <laughs> but he on the does top have shelf in the back. He has secrets. He, for Christ's sakes, he knows Diane Lane is Clark Kent's mom. You know, yes. he even knows that much. So the guy's done his homework, right? I mean, if if, if they'd have done something, if just say that if they'd have done something like just for grin's sake, you know, like Facebook, you know, and all that, it's like, 
okay, his compu- he's he can figure out everything by all that. Then I'd say, yeah, okay, yeah, he's they were kind of doing the uh, government thing. You know, the government knows so too much about you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if some somebody with a computer can hack and figure out, you know, he's interested in this. He's not interested in blah, blah. You know, he wants to know about the superhero. Let me ask you this. Did he want Batman to steal his kryptonite all along? Yes. So he took the bait. Yes. And he took it. Uh, the actions, there were some really cool action sequences. I like the whole Batman chasing them and wanting to steal the kryptonite sequence. And then he goes around the corner and Superman standing right there. And he's like, whoa, <laughs> he like crashes wrecks into him. Totally wrecks the Batmobile just by running into him. Uh, I think Adam Sexton might call in possibly. Sure. No, what I was going to say is I've, you know, ever since uh, Ben Affleck has been cast as Batman, people gave him shit, right? Right. I thought he was great. Yeah, he did good. Really he did. Good. He did a great job. Well, this I is a, uh, an, an aged Batman who's really right. upset about the world, and he's now... He's the grumpy old Batman. Yeah, and also, he doesn't give a shit about killing bad guys anymore. Right. Yeah, that's what I noticed, too. You know, a lot of this is loosely based on The Dark Knight Returns, where Batman, he needed a leg up on these bad guys, so he started... He went from breaking bones to now now he's killing in this movie. He kills some guys. Yes. Let's face it. Well, I mean, did he have a choice? Because... Like at the beginning, with the guy, the uh, the sex trade guy, he left him handcuffed. Right. <coughs> he branded them though. But uh, he let society—I I, want to call it society—in the prison society kill them for right. being branded. But yeah, uh, like they said, it's pretty much a death sentence in prison. But when he when he killed, is other people had guns coming at him. So you know. He, did he kill? Yes. Was it, you know, just to kill because they were bad? No. He was self-defense that, at that point. Right. I, I mean. I also almost think that some of the bad guys that, that he kills, they're like, they're bad guys. Yeah. And also, he doesn't have time for this shit right now. Like, that whole third act of the film when he goes to save Martha Kent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's pretty much justified. There, that was pretty badass. That whole Batman shows up to save her. Right. That was my favorite part of the movie. What about you? That was real fun. I thought it was really kind of Batman. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how others say it that that's what you think of as, as Batman. Right. Other than the killing, but, you know. I must say this. <sighs> the greatest sin this movie commits for people is they're used to a different kind of comic book movie. They're used to Marvel-type comic book movies. This is, um, like Man of Steel, it's just a different kind of superhero film. It's a different kind of world. It's it's very dark and kind of... There, I mean, there's friggin' bombing in this. Right. It's pretty messed up. It is, it, is, it is a pretty... It's not a kid-friendly, I didn't think, really. Yeah, not really. I mean, Batman um, and Superman don't seem to like each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and Batman had a lot of tech in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more so than the Dark... Or Batman Begins, the Chris uh, Nolan Christian, stuff. Yeah, Christopher Nolan. 
Yeah, I liked the the realized world of uh, Batman, and it seemed like they, you know, they portrayed it where he's been around for a while. You know, he's been doing this. Adam's about to call in, call in. Okay, hello there. Hello, hello. Hello, Adam. How's it going? It's going all right, man. Uh, family uh, meeting uh, has been uh, suspended a little bit, so I can talk. Oh, I'm sorry. I just thought I would uh, ask you if you wanted to uh, participate in our post Batman versus Superman talk. Well, thank you for giving me the inv- the invite, man. Oh, I thought maybe you could. You've actually had time to think about this film, and I haven't. Uh, you know, I just got out of the theater. But I will say this: I was telling Stephen, my first thoughts are not negative. Uh, you know, because. We are letting spoilers fly, by the way. Yeah, we're just we're, okay. this is spoilerific. We'll have a spoiler warning before this talk if uh, nobody wants to be spoiled. But like like you, you've probably spent the whole week at least hearing that some people were like, "This film is a mess," right? Oh yeah, like since the. Uh, a little bit since the there was a uh, premiere or an early screening for critics last week, or I, I, which I think was the Friday, and then there was another screening this Monday, and that's when the uh, reviews started coming in or the reactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I know you probably brought this up that there was an, an embargo for the press. I think it was supposed to be like late Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. And yeah, that's the flurry of uh, responses came within that Monday through Tuesday time. Right. And uh, at first I kind of had, you know, we kind of had an inkling that there were some good things out of it, but then the critics started releasing their things about it. And one thing is one uh, critic I usually trust is Drew McWeenie. And I read his kind of thoughts about it and stuff. And he might've been, too close to this film. I mean, he had the whole disaster where he reported the story that execs saw the movie and they didn't know what to think. And people were like, you're a liar. You know, you're just trying to, you know, sabotage the release of the film. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm just, oh my you God. just stuff like that. And, um, it, it, it's still, it's still going on with him. Although it's, it's, it's died down a little bit, but he is still don't, uh, dealing with these rabid fanboys who just really doesn't understand what the job of a critic is supposed to do. Right. But, Why? But yeah. Anybody it's been can have ho- their own opinion, you know? Yeah. It, it's been alternately hilarious and horrifying to see him deal with these people and like asking, answering the same dumb questions and bringing up the same points. I'm sure it's, he, he made it clear on his his account that he's going to try to come into the movie with an open mind and not have all this fanboy crap impact on that. And I believe it didn't. I'm beginning. Uh, if the movie just clearly didn't work for him in the way they hoped he would, that's perfectly fine. But uh, for a while there, I was kind of thinking, man, he's going to come into this movie with such baggage that really – shouldn't be there at all and it's because right. of just some uh a, a heck load of stupid people and it, you know what and it's okay if he didn't like it that's fine it doesn't bother me any but i'm just saying that uh going i went into the film with those thoughts in my head what what he thought mm-hmm. of it. 
And uh, we got to get that dog's collar off her, Nick. It's driving me crazy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there's. It's funny trying to do a show or just a quick thing on the spur of a moment. It's just a disaster, <laughs> like noises and all this stuff. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen, Stephen's my hero. So here's what I will say this much, Adam. Okay. Mm-hmm. I understood the film. Uh, I was telling Stephen that there's almost a surreal dreamlike quality to the whole film. And I might blame that on Hans Zimmer's weird score that he did with Junkie XL. <laughs> you know how I feel about Junkie XL, right? The guy just needs not to not he, entirely. No, what is he Banksy? What's the Use your, if this is my thoughts on Junkie XL, if I'm a friggin' film composer guy, I'm gonna use my real name. You know, it's not. <laughs> I, he's not Vangelis or something. I mean, come on! Who the hell is Junkie XL? So you, go, you 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 would say Hans Junkie XL Zimmer? Yeah, the, if I was Hans Zimmer, like, I go. I don't want this fool's name next to mine. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you his, put your his actual your name, name is a little hard to pronounce. I think. <laughs> is that why his name is Junkie XL? Because he has a weird, unpronounceable name. Sort of, because on the Mad Max soundtrack, it puts his real name right next to the Junkie XL moniker. So, uh, and I can't even pronounce it. So, I'm guessing that's just the the reason he uses that uh, handle. Okay, but still, he it's, it's stupid. All right. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, his name is Tom Holkenborg. Tom Holkenborg. Sure. So that's his name. And so Take your word for it. he's Junkie XL. Tom Holkenberg, better known as Junkie XL, is a Dutch multi-instrumentalist composer, producer, and engineer. He uses the name JXL in cases where the term junkie might cause offense. I called myself Junkie XL from the point of view that once you're completely overworked, you never want to go there again. The XL stands for Expanding Limits. Broadening your vision. Yeah, whatever, dude. Get a life. He's older than me. He doesn't need to go with this goofy term. I'm going to call him Tom from now on. So anyway, Tom Holkenborg, he did the music with uh, Hans Zimmer, and it has this, it's a strange score. You have to admit that, right, Adam? I I bought the deluxe edition of the soundtrack on iTunes uh, about like the day it was released, which I want to say was a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And um, and yeah, it it's it it has some really strange cues. Some of uh, Junkie XL's compositions kind of resemble Nine Inch Nail instrumental instrumental stuff, which I kind of liked. But I was kind of wondering how is this going to fit within the film itself. So, uh, but yeah, I, I kind of liked it. But I was thinking, man, this is not going to be a happy, feel good <laughs> movie going experience just from the just from the music itself. I really like the Wonder Woman music. It was like this weird kind yeah. of tribal thing going on there. Oh, yeah. And if anything, this has me curious about the Wonder Woman film. Yeah, I don't know if it, it's kind of too soon to say whether Junkie XL has any involvement with the solo <laughs> film, but I guess we'll find out. <laughs> I know. So I'm just, Stephen, what did you think of the movie? Just so uh, I can gather my thoughts here. I'm just trying to think. Overall, it was enjoyable. It was fun. It was it was a good movie. I didn't think it was hard to follow. 
I will tell you this. I didn't feel like I see. I gathered a thought while you're talking. <laughs> okay, <that's... laughs> I I felt that a lot of the early Marvel films like Thor or even Captain America, which I enjoyed the films, but you could feel feel like they were little stepping stones to get to the Avengers film. Right. And this felt like a story between Batman and Superman there, but there's those little nuggets of information about the other characters that you get, but it didn't really, Make that didn't feel like a justice league. Yeah. It, that didn't bother me though. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, I see what they're doing here. No, that didn't bother me. I like the Aquaman swimming through the water, the <laughs> kind of thing. I do still wonder, since I watched Super Friends as a kid, is what exactly is Aquaman even doing here? <laughs> like, dude, we're landlocked on this uh, mission, dude. So we'll see you later, Aquaman. Duty. Oh, okay. Well, you know where I'll be. I'll be in the, I'll be in the ocean. <laughs> you keep an eye on the docks in case safety. <laughs> on the docks? <laughs> uh, well, hey, we got a mission in Florida. Oh, I'll meet you guys there. <laughs> Sorry, we're in middle America, dude. Oh, okay. Well, Is there a lake? Is there a lake nearby? <laughs> no lakes. River? <laughs> yes. There's a river. All right, I'll meet you guys there. <laughs> it's like poor Aquaman. What the hell does Aquaman have to do? <laughs> Take a creek, man. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, can control a sea life. <laughs> Crawdad. Sorry, I think we're a little giddy too, Adam. <laughs> Adam, did the 3D after two two hours start to tire your eyes? Here's the thing. I didn't see it in 3D. Oh, you didn't. Okay. No. I thought the 3D looked good. Yeah. Good stuff. Going into it Thursday night, I would probably want to avoid the 3D. I mean, the movie is a very, is a very dark film, and 3D doesn't always mesh well with that. You're saying that it actually works well in 3D? Yeah, it looks good. It's good stuff. It, it definitely did. Yeah, I, I can see. Yeah. I mean, I understand you, Adam. Yeah, it was It was still a dark, but I don't think it really messed with it, you know, or made it hard to see anything. Yeah, like the Batman sequences and stuff. Yeah. Okay, now, okay, let's geek out about favorite scenes. I already told Steven this, but Batman going to save Martha Kent was by far my favorite sequence. What about you, Adam? I'd yeah, I mean I'd I'd kind of have to uh, agree with that, but I did I did like the Doomsday fight. Yeah. And mostly that has a lot to do with Wonder Woman. Mhm. How how she comes off in action how she's actually relishing the fight and the punches she receives like she has this there's this one shot of her getting this smile on her face like yeah she hasn't been in a fight like this in forever so she's uh yes yeah, she's definitely she, smiling she really gets into that. it and she, correct me if i'm wrong wonder, wonder woman's a goddess right is she she's basically a demigoddess. Yeah. If they're going by the Brian Azarello origin story where she's basically the byproduct of Zeus and Hippolyta, that basically makes her a demigoddess. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, she definitely relished that fight, and I thought she was good in it. If anything, uh, I found myself in my mind as I was watching going, 
I'm not having a problem with this. <laughs> it's like I was like defending the movie in my mind as I'm watching it. See, which I went in completely not thinking which is, about which it. Which is good. You know? Yeah, I did it the it's wrong like, way. I didn't but... read anything. I didn't want, you know. Well, I was just curious what people's problem were. Because you even see now there's a meme right now, Adam, about sad Ben Affleck. And there is nothing wrong with him in this film. I thought he did a great job. I thought he did too. And uh, another great... Another great sequence as far as an action sequence was the dream sequence where it's he has that post-apocalyptic vision. And there's that one long tracking shot where he's just taking down scores of people and he's shooting people and he's hitting them with the butt of the gun. Yeah. And you got all this, all these winged creatures flying all over the place and none yeah. of it may makes any sense but i don't care because it looks so awesome basically was um, he yeah. foreseeing the future or something because then right after that or yeah or a possible future i suppose was that the flash telling him to uh save lois lane or something like that or that's when it all changes? yeah because it it looked like ezra miller with a with a slight beard on him but yeah, yeah. i'm pretty sure that was and the i flash. have to say it's bizarre seeing a different flash after watching the tv show <laughs> You know, it really is. I'm just like, that's not the Flash. The Flash is the dude on the CW, man. Couldn't get him. Yeah. But no, but uh, I, I, I loved, I loved, actually loved Affleck in this. Now it's a specific take on the character, and he's, and he's angrier. He's a little broken, and he's, and like I said in my podcast uh, the other day, I, I, I think his character has reached a particular point where he's. Maybe he uh, look. Technically, he does kill some people in this <laughs> uh, in this mo- in this movie, and they're all bad people. Yeah, but bad. maybe he's reached maybe he's reached a point, uh, if only briefly, that he just really doesn't care how much damage he inflicts. And I I, I guess I just don't mind it because uh, it's the movie is uh, squarely in his court. It's from his perspective. And it's a very warped, angry uh, perspective. And if you're not into that, then the movie's probably just not going to work for you. So that's the that's one of the things that a lot of people are being torn up about is that this is a movie that has Batman and Superman in it, and people die. That's this is there's this still this un this cardinal rule that you cannot break, or at least some people think that that shouldn't be broken. And it happens again in this movie to a degree that probably disturbs more people than it did in Man of Steel. And it's and it's been it's just this thing that people just can't get past. And I understand it in a way. But to me, trying to impose a rule over any kind of genre of film is kind of ridiculous because the history of cinema has told us. You can tackle any particular story any particular way. If there's more than one way to do a revenge movie, there's more than one way to do a comic book movie. And uh, trying to tell me, like, you can't have non-period music in a period film or you can't shoot uh, a period film with using digital video or, you know, you know, so on and so forth. Any rule can be broken. And I kind of loved the fact that Snyder, uh, Zack Snyder, was fully committed to this vision that's not going to be popular, but it's his stamp on the material. And uh, either you're on board with that or you're not. Right. 
And you know, what's funny is I just got done watching season two of daredevil and a lot of daredevil is about the same thing, which is should you kill or not? And daredevil sees light in everyone, even the baddest of people. He thinks there can be redemption. And of course the punisher is like, uh, no, there's not, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and, uh, this Batman, he's an older Batman. He's seen a lot of shit. It looks like Robin is dead. He's got like his old uh, costume there with Joker writing on it. He's uh, seen some stuff that, and now he uh, needs a leg up on these bad guys. He breaks their bones and he stabs them and he does what he has to do to get the job done. Right. Right. And, but uh, he's he, he's clearly in the throes of his own passion about the whole thing. And when you're angry, when there's there's a lack of focus, there's a lack of control. And I, I think he's just in kind of tunnel vision in a way where he's focused on this one thing where he's not really considerate of the damage he's, he's creating, which – uh, I think is fine because this is the this is the the particular type of Batman that we're dealing with, and again, it conflicts with what people want, and uh, that's why we're that's why we're getting all this uh, negative feedback. I suppose. And you know what? None of these reviews matter, and you, do you know why? Because the movie's making a lot of money. Of course, that theater yeah. was friggin' packed. Was it packed when you saw it, it was- Adam? Oh, beyond. I mean, I ordered my tickets online, still had to wait in line uh, for the 10. uh, I think it was like a 10 o'clock showing. And luckily, we made it in there well before the movie started. But I was thinking, man, uh, this is like one of the most packed screening rooms I've ever been in. And uh, it, it was full of people who... Uh, were donning uh, costumes, either Batman or Superman. And I was talking to a guy in line who had nothing but Superman stuff on, and he said he went to the 7 o'clock showing, and he bought tickets for the 10 o'clock. He loved it. Wow, he's going to go right back in? Oh, yeah. I was I was right next to him as I, as I uh, turned my ticket in. I was like, uh, and I was uh, kind of happy to see people like that really, really engaged in this. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's people speak with their wallets and, uh, the movie's making a lot of money and, you know, people, you know, Drew McWeeny is speculating and other people like, is Warner Brothers going to rethink their idea for the Justice League movie and what are they going to do? And I don't think they will. They'll see the money they make and they'll keep going. They might, you know, change some things. I don't, I mean... I don't have a problem with Zack Snyder, the way he stages action and stuff. I thought it was a lot of fun, the action scenes. The whole, when Batman, I really liked how when Superman goes to fight Batman, he doesn't want to, but he has to. And he tries to get through, like he immediately says, Bruce, I need to talk to you. And too late because Batman is, you know, Bruce Batman. He spent all this time planning how he's going to come at him. So he's got all this little trap set. Yeah. And Superman's like just trying to talk to him, but he's already got everything rigged dude, up. Dude, calm down a second. Yeah, he's just like, dude, I'm trying to. And all of a sudden, he's like this sonic thing. He's like, dude, what the hell is this? I'm trying to talk to you, you know. And he, you know, <laughs> and he basically Batman was about to kill Superman when that moment happened. And I actually like that. 
you know, he's like, Martha. And he's like, what? Why are you... Brother Why did Mom you say that name? name? Yeah, both their mothers have the same name. <laughs> Who knew that? But I love that he says Martha, which is Batman's mom's name, Martha Wayne, and it freezes him in his tracks. And he's like, "Why did you say that?" And he's like, "Martha, you have to save, save her." And he's just like, he kind of snaps him out of his rage, you know? Yeah. And uh, I thought it was cool. One thing you know about this, one thing I will say this about Batman and why Ben Affleck was great as Batman, because I know Batman just like we all do. We've read the comics or whatever. Batman is so driven. He doesn't stop. And you believe that this Batman, he's so driven. He found a way to kill Superman and he was about to pull it off. That's yeah. Batman, someone who can't be stopped because he never stops. He's driven. And that's what I liked about this. When I saw him and he was sharpening that uh, spear, and I was like thinking in my head, this is the Batman I know, the one that he's, no one's going to stop him from killing Superman. And yes, he was manipulated just like the rest of the world by Lex Luthor. And that's who I want to talk about now. What did you think about Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor? Because I thought I was going to hate him, and I actually didn't. He I, actually was I scary. Was concerned with that, you know. It's like, mm -hmm. is it going to be distracting? You know, because you saw it in the commercial. You know, the the little slapsticky thing he did with you know Batman or Bruce meeting when he's like Clark the, Kent. Yeah, and the red capes are coming. But that scene with Holly Hunter, I realized why it was working for me is because he could have easily smashed her skull in with something. And I was ready for that because yeah, he yeah. came off really scary and threatening to me. And all he was doing was sitting there. Yeah. And that, that's when I was like, okay, he has an intensity. I didn't realize. And Adam, I'm curious what you thought of him. I believed uh, when that second trailer came out and we saw that scene and everyone was kind of losing their mind over what I thought was a complete misread of the character. I always suspected that it was, it was basically a facade that this is the guy who on the outside is very outgoing and uh, basically acts like a like a rich like a spoiled rich kid, but right. that's to mask the real person who is I believe is very very vain, feels very superior to any other human being he knows, and kind of holds humanity in contempt, especially when you've got the presence of what is closest to basically a living God living amongst us. Yeah, that's why and, he hates Superman, because he's the closest thing to a God, and I guess Lynch yeah, exactly. And Eisenberg makes some bold decisions here and there, which will strike people as weird, like when he's making that speech at the at the party he's hosting and he just kind of you know fumbles the ball through it like he like he really can't stand doing it yeah uh like like he 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 can't keep up being this nice guy and all he really just hates these people and i thought there were little great touches here and there and i'm thinking some people probably think it's an off-kilter a performance as they believe say Eddie Redmayne's performance in Jupiter Ascending, like it's so off kilter. I don't believe that. I think he actually earns uh, the malevolence that is known for that character and the uh, the contempt 
and I thought it was a I thought it was a really good performance. Yeah, I did. I did too. I was surprised by that, you know. If anything, uh, I will say that uh, I am curious as as to how is Wonder Woman going to be the next film, or are they going to do something else? I mean, I've heard it rumored. I don't know if it's fact that Ben Affleck is doing the next Batman, like directing it. I've heard re- I've heard possible rumors of that, but beyond the the first justice league movie and beyond what we got we got wonder woman and then what a flash or an aquam aquaman movie I, yeah I for, or the suicide squad movie beyond that i haven't heard any official confirmations about solo batman films but my understanding is that yeah there was speculation that affleck may direct as well as star in maybe he'll write with chris terrio or someone again but that's all I've heard so far. Yeah, I will say this, that th- the one I'm least excited about is an Aquaman film. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's well, a whole I- undersea world, that'll be cool. And it's not on... Two-thirds of the world is covered by water. <laughs> You're right, Stephen. I want a <laughs> Daryl Hannah cameo. Am I right? Daryl yes. Hannah? Tom Hanks is down there, too. <laughs> I've been down here the whole time. Sorry, splash reference there. Uh, everybody got. Oh it. yeah, I, I caught it very clever, sir. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this is a spoilerish thing. After what happens to Superman in the whole um, funeral part, I I really like that scene, especially where they showed that the whole world was coming together around his grave and stuff. Yeah. I thought that was moving and stuff. But at the same time, in the back of my head, screaming in my brain was, he's not dead. <laughs> right. He's not dead. And I like that quick little dirt starting to rise. And then it's cut to black. That kind of reminded me, that reminded me exactly of the X-Men film where I, I know you guys are going to hate me for this. And I'm not saying, <laughs> Do you remember, was it, it was the X-Men film, the Brett Ratner one after, um, and I'm not saying this in a bad way. I'm sure it was in the script. Brett Ratner didn't come up with this shit. Trust me. Uh, where Magneto has lost all of his powers and he's sitting there playing chess in the park or whatever. And all of a sudden you see his finger and you see the metal thing go and it cuts to black. You see that, oh my God, his powers are coming back. That kind of thing. That's what that reminded me of in a way. But just in that roundabout way, c- crashing to black kind of thing. But I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like that hard cut to black. I mean, you mentioned the the little chess piece just kind of slightly moving. Right. But, I mean, everyone sees it because their eyes are trained on it. And I was thinking also of inception where you see that little dreidel just wobble slightly like you think you're going to see it topple over and then hard cut to black yeah and i will uh, i said this before you called in to steven but uh man of steel in this film the cinematography it just looks gorgeous oh yeah it's it's these two are like some of the best looking you know and most distinctive looking uh you know superhero movies ever made so far and how i thought it was really cool seeing like the fight scene from far away from the man of steel like being an outsider and watching it how horrific it was like the whole city crumbling around you yeah yeah i thought that was very cool 
And, uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say, but these are my thoughts coming out of the film. <laughs> and my let poor me, wife, I made her get out of the room. <laughs> let, let me let me quickly ask you about, because uh, the big problem for me, I mean, there were some pacing issues here and there in the first hour, but it eventually yeah. it found its footing. The big issue with me is that I felt that the script placed emphasis on Batman, a lot of emphasis on Batman at the expense of Superman. Do you believe that the script gave Superman uh, kind of kind of the shaft or didn't spend enough time in his head space? Do you feel that, I mean, did, did you feel distracted by that? Um, I guess kind of. You, you just get these little bits here and there that he's trying to ignore what they're saying about him. Because he's just going to kind of keep his head down and keep saving people and it just ignore that shit. It's kind of like trying to ignore, you know, the internet or something and he just can't do it eventually. And he, I don't know, I, I didn't feel like he was getting slighted or anything, but I, I kind of understood Superman's motivation in a way that he thought if he could just keep it out of sight out of mind it wouldn't matter because he was still doing good but it turned out it did bother him and that's when he shows up there at the capitol and unfortunately bad stuff happens there (laughs) but um yeah i don't know i think if i sleep on it i'll think about it more you know what i mean right I, i i i don't i don't think that the movie cuts him out completely but the moments we get with him, I feel, are at, somewhat at a distance. Either the moments that we get in from his perspective are either fleeting or we get it from, say, like another character. Like yeah, whether that's Lois, whether that's his mom, Martha, or uh, whether it's just like one of the, some of the people that he's trying to save. It, it feels like we see him at a distance. But we don't get equal footing as terms of as uh, as a perspective as we do with Batman, right? And I guess that kind of bothered me because this is the follow up to Man of Steel, which allowed me to get in touch with Superman in a way that no other Superman movie did before. And it was kind of it was a thing that kind of bothered me when they were announced that they were implementing either imagery or sentiment from The Dark Knight Returns. I got a little worried because that's a, that, I mean, because as much as I love that book, it's it, it it has a very hostile portrayal of Superman, and to bring that in oh, yeah, to yeah. a sequel to a movie that was very much in favor of Superman seemed to me to be uh, kind of uh, counterproductive. I don't know. How, how did you feel about that? Well, if anything, yeah, the Dark Knight, uh, Superman is kind of sold out to the government. and He's like a stooge for the president. He'll show up in third world countries and manipulate things. He can turn invisible, apparently. Wasn't that right? What I'm remembering? Uh, he's like a secret uh, weapon that the government uses. And Batman yeah. is like, you sold out, you know. And he's like, I, I do what I do to keep the world safe or whatever. No, to keep America safe or some shit like that. I haven't read it in a long time, but yeah. he, Batman wasn't wrong. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I got nothing. Yeah, and, I think my and, and, and clearly, <laughs> and you know, like say Dark Knight Strikes Again and All Star Batman and Robin Miller just clearly did not like the character. 
Yeah. So, I mean, if if you like Batman, that was fine. But I thought and it was, was kind of has, entertaining, but... I thought Superman had a great heroic moment there. You know, Batman has this moment like, you're not brave. Men are brave or something. Yeah. But then he sees him do a brave act at the end. And that was like, he realizes that, you know... You know, Batman has a moment where he's like, okay, I was wrong about everything. <laughs> and he's right. like, I'll never be wrong again. We need to get all these people together to fight. And then oh, also another thing, there's this weird moment where Lex Luthor took, takes over the Kryptonian ship of Zod's. And because he uses his uh, fingerprints and he gets... He basically uses their database to find out about other worlds. Like there are hundreds of other worlds in space that we don't even know about with life on it. And apparently he's called to somebody, which we know it's going to be dark side, right, Adam? I believe it is. Yeah. So uh, that's there's going to be like this threat there. Um, one of my favorite moments actually was, uh, I like seeing Martha and Lois Lane interact cause you never see something yeah. like that. Superman's mom and Lois Lane, well, unless you're watching Smallville or something. <laughs> well, <laughs> they, they actually, they actually did meet in Man of Steel. Oh, uh, she, right. she actually comes to the Kent farmhouse. Right. I just like that moment where she presses her hand to her face and they're both, you know, mourning the loss. Yeah. That. Come, he's not dead. Come on. <laughs> Steven, I was in console. He's dead. He's dead. No, he's not, Steven. He's fine. Okay. I thought but, the kid next to me was going to cry. <laughs> oh. I thought that was very good. That was a good heroic death he yeah. had. And he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been doing this for an hour. I told Stephen we'd talk for 30 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow. An hour? Yeah. So, kind nice. of. There was a lot of, get baby, get her collar off. Oh, Heather's home. Oh, you guys, be quiet. Move out of the other room. There was a lot of that stuff. But... <laughs> hey, I lost my train of thought. Where were we? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, guys, we just saw Batman versus Superman. I'm sorry, V Superman, Dawn of Justice. And uh, these were our immediate thoughts after seeing it that, uh, hey, I liked it. Was it was entertaining. I, it was a good movie. It wasn't bad. If And I also understood the film. I understood right. it all. And by the way, I was telling Steven before you called in, Adam, I love the Batman chasing them to get the kryptonite sequence. Where he's like flinging cars at the bad guys and stuff. Yeah. And I love he's chasing him. Then all of a sudden he goes around a corner and Superman's there and he's kind of like, whoa. You know, like he's like standing right there and he wrecks his Batmobile. Bummer. I like when he's, when he's pissed off driving back to his hideout. Everything's fucking shortened out on the car. Everything's <laughs> shortened out. You hear sparks, you know. Yeah, that was cool. I love the moment where Lex Luthor reveals that he has his mother. Yeah. And he can't, he feels helpless. He falls to his knees and all of a sudden you see his eyes glow red. Like he just wants to zap him off the face of the earth. It's like, ah, you can't kill me or whatever. Uh, the guy's <laughs> going to kill his mom with a freaking flamethrower. Oh, yeah. Was that overkill? <laughs> that would have been a little messed up, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as far as another closing thing, and this is something I didn't think about when I was doing my podcast, um, 
how should I best go with this? I, if, if people don't like the dark tone of this movie, if they don't like that there's loss of life, I personally like, like it where these, where people like Superman are just not able to pull out some stupid power completely out of their butts where they can circle around the earth to make time travel backward and solve all their problems. Yeah. You know, th- 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 there is irreversible damage here and they have to live with it just like we have to live with it. And it, it, it makes me feel kind of a little bit more connected to a character that just, you know, makes mistakes or is just simply cannot control everything. And here's, here's, Here's the common complaint I hear about Superman that he's overpowered. Look, he his powers may make him or make him omniscient or give him the uh, the appearance of being omniscient, but he is an omnipresent. So yeah. uh, so people just need to pull their heads out of their butts regarding this issue. I feel, or maybe There's it's just something you can't t- control. Uh, taking things a little too seriously and being too literal in your interpretation. You can't, I mean, it's a different beast, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. If anything, I mean, the whole man is still thing. You can relax knowing that it did bother him that he had to kill Zod. But I, watching that film, I was like, yeah, he needed to die. He even said, you know, uh, I'll never stop. And he's like, yeah, you gotta, gotta kill the guy. Yeah. You're not going to talk him down. Yeah, and I just feel sorry for anybody who lives in Metropolis after that. When all of a sudden Doomsday throws Superman into a building and the building starts... And I go, no, 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 it's happening again! (laughs) 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 They've just rebuilt. Stop trashing the place. Uh, But yeah, those are my thoughts on Batman versus Superman, and I'll sleep on it, but I will say this. um, That was in Gotham. Yeah, that was in Gotham, actually. It wasn't back- but it was the <laughs> the place where Doomsday was when uh, people in okay. the Daily Planet were like, yeah. "Ah!" I totally like, dude. I'm quitting. I'm gonna go work <laughs> somewhere else. I'm moving to Gotham. <laughs> no, I'm-, <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving to Central City where the Flash lives. I'm moving to Atlantis. Is that where uh, friggin' Aquaman yes. lives? Friggin' <laughs> Aquaman. He lives in a boat under the. What was Aquaman doing in that boat anyway? I think he you lives know, in the, the Titanic. Was that I? It sh- they should have. How cool would this have been if they did a cameo by James Cameron in the sub underwater <laughs> with Aquaman? Because <laughs> remember in Entourage that he directed Aquaman, but also that James Cameron does all those deep sea dives in real life and yeah. does documentaries. It would have right. been such a perfect moment. And by the way. Uh, who did the voice of the president? At one point, I thought, was that Clint Eastwood, the voice on the phone? I thought uh, the president. I have no idea. I'm not gonna... I almost thought the president was Clint Eastwood, like uncredited or something, but I don't know. All right, let's wrap it up. Adam, thank you for calling in. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're welcome. I needed somebody Thank to kind of... I think he uh, wanted to talk about it last night. He was texting me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. On Facebook, I was laughing. I was like, no, I haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil it. <laughs> the sound quality was great on there, by the way, on your thing. Uh, thanks. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just on my uh, phone app, and that's really all I've got since I don't have my laptop with me. So hopefully it sounds good. Awesome. All right, um, thanks for calling in, Stephen. Thank you for doing this because I knew you just wanted to go home and go to sleep or something. <laughs> I was up really late. I 
could go to sleep. So. All right, guys, that is our Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice, our thoughts. And uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Woohoo! Sorry for spoiling everything about the movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> later days, Adam. Check you later. All right, later, later man. Superman. Now this is podcasting.